Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everyone. I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate. And this is Work Party a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Work Party, where we celebrate a new generation of women and femmes who are redefining work on their own terms. For today's show, I am sat down with Tegan Gerard, the brains behind the wildly popular food blog, Half-Baked Harvest, a self-taught chef, recipe maker, and food stylist. Tegan started her brand in 2012 when she was just 19 years old. And today she's got 5 million plus followers on Instagram and her website averages that many viewers per month, if not more. So we are so excited to have Tegan on the podcast. Welcome, Tegan. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So let's just go back to the beginning. You were in fashion school and then you pivoted into starting Half-Baked Harvest. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience of diving into a completely different space? Yeah. So I actually hadn't started school yet. I had moved out here to L.A. and I was kind of like, nope. LA is not my place. Mm. Not really sure I wanted to start an expensive school. And I went home kind of like a lost 19-year-old puppy, right? And it was actually my mom that encouraged me to start the site. And we started it together and we do it together to this day. I love that. So I'm really close with my mom and I joke that she's my unofficial co-founder of all my companies because she has helped so much. But moms are the greatest. Moms are the best. So tell me about working with your mom as your business partner. Obviously, we have like the momagers and the Kardashian and all these different things. But like, what has your experience been like? She's her own kind of momager. <laughs> she really does this for all of her kids. You know, we we have our ups and downs. We are like, it's like a married couple almost, I feel like. Of course, you're going to argue because she is the closest person to me in my entire life. So like, she's always going to be there at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, like, I always know she has my back and my best interest it at heart. And she's going to do, she's going to do the most for me than any other person on this planet. So I can really put a lot of trust in that. 
Somebody's not always easy. Yeah, I can imagine it. there's some ups and downs there, but it sounds like you have a great dynamic. And so you launch this blog. It takes off. You know, people are really gravitating towards your recipes, of which there are so many. And you've achieved a ton of success. So then you kind of parlay this into cookbooks. So you launch a bunch of cookbooks, which are all incredible, by the way. But can you tell us a little bit? Because I think for a lot of people out there who maybe are in the food or beverage space, you know, getting a cookbook deal would be their dream. So tell us a little bit about the book deal process. And, you know, what's your, you know, if you have a piece of advice for anyone who wants to eventually write a cookbook. Yeah, well, I will say the cookbook process is it is a long process. It is a hard process and it's a lot of work at the end of the day. Like you really have to be willing to put in the time, the effort, all of it to create an incredible book. And it takes essentially two, three years start to finish. So it's a while. And I ask myself every single time I get in bed with yet another cookbook, why am I doing this? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they can be really successful. People really enjoy cookbooks. I think that people love to cook with something physical in front of them. It's, it's personally, I don't love having my phone in front of me. I don't love having my computer in front of me. You get it messy. It's just not like as easy as a piece of paper or a book. And I think people love to see the photos. They love all of it. So it's a lot of work. It's probably not, you know, always going to hit first try unless you're Kim Kardashian. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but it it can be really rewarding and, you know, really great to, to do if you have if you have the passion for it. Yeah, absolutely. But as mentioned, you've built most of the Half-Baked Harvest audience on social media, right? You know, so you in the early days were saying what really helped with your success on social media was being engaged, you know, participating, talking to your community. Can you tell us about your early strategy to gain visibility? And now when you have 5 million followers, like how do you still do that today? People ask me about that a lot. I'm like, I've just never done anything strategically. Like, I'm just not that person and I've but I've always always done things with the community in mind Mm. and so that's been key for me is always 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 keeping that community in mind never thinking like well what is it that's going to make me money I never for some reason never cared about the money I was always kind of of the belief that if I create really great content and I build this audience that is really loyal the money will come, right? Like it will come naturally and it will flow quicker. I don't know why. Like I just a natural instinct almost, I feel like, because that's kind of the way that I live my life. It's just very like, what's it feeling like to me? And what's the, what's the right course to me? Feeling things out. Yeah. And in 2012, people weren't really making money on the internet. It really was this place of creativity. So that means I went that- into this thinking, like not thinking, period. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think, was the strategy. <laughs> well, I, well, I really think it was to my benefit because I am the type of person that like today I overthink every single move I make, you know, every single move. There's a lot of pressure. There's more pressure today. I had nothing to lose. So it was almost it was amazing. It was a great place for me to be in. I had everything to gain. Yeah. Having nothing to lose is truly the best place to be at when you're starting a business and or even not knowing you're starting a business. So I, I think that's actually such great advice and so specific to you know, probably why you've been successful. I think nowadays, you know, when people are going online to start something, they're immediately like, this has to be a business. This has to make money, which changes the dynamic with your audience. Absolutely. I I just don't think you can think that way. And honestly, if you're going into it that way, you're going into a slippery slope because it's probably not going to go over that well. And you have to care about the content you're sharing. 
you have to feel excited. I do at least. I have to feel excited to be able to put content out there. If I'm not excited about something I'm working on, you will never see the light of day or it will never see the light of day. Like I will not share it. Yeah. That, okay. So let's talk a little bit about your content because the images are insane. Like truly I like scroll and I'm like so hungry looking at your feet because they are just beautiful, which is so hard to do. Like food photography is no joke. Like, so tell us a little bit, like how long does it take to capture that one shot that we see on Instagram? Oh my God. If you guys watch me work, you would be like, this chick's out of her mind. It takes a while. I can't create more than two two recipes a day. And, you know, a lot of food stylists and a lot of photographers, when they go into these photo shoots, they or video shoots, they're banging out five, six, eight, ten recipes a day. That is so not my process. It takes me a while. You know, um, sometimes I get it first try. Sometimes I have to make the recipe three times over. Sometimes, you know, like if we're talking about styling, like food is really hard. It is a subject that changes over time, especially if it's warm food. I'm like, oh, my God, I made a sandwich. Actually, I think it's on the site today that was like it's like it's like a picnic sandwich. Right. So it's kind of colder. And I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) It's not changing. Like everything's staying the same. So it really takes me a while I really like to make sure I'm creating a scene. I'm creating a feeling, whether it is a photo or a video, there is a mood there, right? Like you want to make that connection to the food because that's, we connect with food. You know, is it, is it a picnic sandwich? So if it's a picnic sandwich, do I want to serve it with potato chips on the side? Do I want to be able to like wrap it up in paper? Kind of like you're getting at a sandwich shop. Like what, what's happening here? So I want people to really feel that in my recipes and also like I just love to create really beautiful things. So it's why one of the main reasons why I love to cook and present food to people is because I'm so much about the presentation piece Mm. and I love to make things look really great. As business owners, it's easy to focus on the bottom line and forget that our employees are the backbone of our organizations. That's where Culture Partners comes in. They specialize in creating and sustaining positive company cultures that inspire and engage employees, resulting in increased productivity, retention, and overall success. Culture Partners understands that one size does not fit all. Their experts work with businesses of all sizes and industries to create custom strategies tailored to their unique needs and goals. Whether you're just starting out or looking to revamp your current culture, Culture Partners can help. Culture Partners applies human industrial organizational psychological methods and data-driven insights to connect experiences, beliefs, and actions to achieve results year after year. But it's not just about creating a great culture. It's about sustaining it. Culture Partners provides ongoing support and resources to ensure that your culture stays strong and continues to evolve with your business. Their programs offer customized training and development programs for employees at all levels, from entry level to executive. These programs are designed to help employees develop the skills and knowledge necessary to succeed in their roles and contribute to the overall success of the organization. And don't just take my word for it. Culture Partners have a proven track record of success with clients across the globe achieving results year after year. So why not invest in your company's most valuable asset? Visit culture.io to speak with a Culture Partners culture expert and re-engage with your employees today. That's culture.io to speak with a Culture Partners culture expert and re-engage with your employees today. 
Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, host of Freckles Beauty and Friends podcast, which is now on Dear Media. Are you wondering what just happened to your life after having a baby or struggling with your mental health during postpartum? That was me just a few months ago. Are you working on healing your relationship with yourself, your body, and or food? Same. We are all on a journey to self-love and acceptance, and I am right there with you. That's what Freckled Foodie and Friends is all about, reminding you that no matter what, you are not alone. Make sure to tune in for season five, launching with Dear Media on November 9th, and subscribe to listen to new episodes every Wednesday morning. As mentioned, you launched this in 2012, and so much has changed since then on the internet and social media. What have you seen as in terms of an evolution of what's performing best in terms of content, like video, photo? What's your feeling on all that? Well, in terms of content, you can really see that like it's changed so much, right? And video is key. You need to have video. I love that it's kind of, I almost feel like we're sort of taking a a slight step backwards. And imagery is people are kind of like, oh, wait, I kind of miss imagery, right? I kind of miss that still shot. I think that video is key always honestly but I think it's nice to I think you need a balance I think that's that's creativity that's art right so I think a nice balance is really great and I think that photos sort of took unfortunately a downfall when they really highlighted reels on everything is based on TikTok and reels right and there's a new platform coming up every single day and you're just like can we just stop yeah (laughs) so it, I mean, like it changes every single day. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you what direction it's going to go into next. But I think that overall, quality content and content that is, it interests people and that at the end of the day is also visually pleasing will always come through as the most popular, whether it is a video or a photo. It's really important, I think. Yeah, just the aesthetic is is important and really sticking to that. I think that's great advice and totally agree. Please know more. We're all just, right when we figure it out, something else pops up. I mean, up. you just have to be able to adapt yeah. is, is the bottom line. You really have to be able to adapt. So, you know, when they started making a shift to reels, I made a shift to reels. And now that you're kind of seeing things like almost level out a little bit, I'm making the shift, which I love to be able to post photos again. Some of them take off, some of them bomb. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously social media, amazing platform to literally launch your business and build, and build this amazing empire, but also a double-edged sword sometimes. You know, when it comes to the food world, what do trolls look like in food world? Like, do you get a lot of criticism? Like, how do you take feedback? Like, how do you deal with that? People are really mean on the internet. Like, I think everybody will tell you that. There's a lot of, you know, unfortunately, and it's honestly sad, depressed people sitting behind their computer screens, really just looking to take someone down. I hate cancel culture. I'm sorry. I'll be the first to say it. You know, I hate people that are looking to just take people down. It's honestly so sad to see at this point. I pay zero attention to it, though. I I give it zero energy. I don't respond. I just don't care for it because it's a waste of my time at the end of the day. And if I give them my time, they're winning. They've already won. They've yeah. already won. So, well, back to you. So, <laughs> prior to the pandemic, you were talking about potentially getting a TV show. So jumping platforms. So tell us a little bit about that. Is anything in the works? Oh, there's always something in the works with production. It's a never ending conversation and, and it's a long one. But for me, it's been I've been offered a million opportunities that I could have taken and they didn't feel right. And so I never have taken them. And I think that's been the right course for me. Mm. I'm just not in this like mass hurry to create something that is subpar. I'm kind of the type of person that's like, if it's not the best, why am I doing it? Mm. And that's kind of always my mindset. Yeah, no, I mean, I and think- also it, 
back at the end of the day. It needs to be exciting. Yeah, it needs to be something that you're passionate about. So you have the the blog, you have the cookbook, you have all these amazing things. You mentioned you might be launching a product line this year. Can you tell us a little bit oh about that? Oh my gosh, that is also another never ending <laughs> conversation. I really, really hope so. Yes, we're in conversations. We're talking to manufacturers. I would love to do a tabletop line. It's wow. it's definitely in the works. But those all of these things take so much time to create. And it's really about creating something that you feel confident about putting out there. So, you know, we've struggled with like finding the quality that I want, especially with tabletop and even in production. And it's all about finding what's right. And we're getting there. That's exciting, though. And I love that you didn't. I mean, you've been doing this since 2012. You've had a large following for a long time. You could have easily launched something quickly and out the gate as like a quick, you know, cash grab. And you haven't. You've really been thoughtful about like your business and the way you do it and clearly want things to be a certain type of way because it's obviously you and your brand. What advice would you give to someone who maybe is starting out and is like getting excited and like wanting to launch a million things? Like what would your advice to them be? Well, I think that everybody's really different. I think that some people, like, if you want to launch a million things and then then see which one sticks, that's honestly, I've, that can be a great model for people. So I, I don't necessarily think there's one way to be successful. I think that everybody, you have to kind of find how you are as a business person and as, you know, someone who wants to be an entrepreneur and, you know, create things that people are interested in interacting with. So I think it it's not just like a one-way street. I think that this is my way. And that's at the end of the day, you have to do things your way and what really works for you and sticks for you. So I'm not saying like going and doing a bunch of different TV shows and then finding one that is like your show. That can happen. I would just say that just make sure it feels right to you at the time, you know, and learn from your mistakes or not even necessarily mistakes like failures and things like that. Like I learned the most from things that don't pan out. And now I know more because I, you know, didn't get something didn't happen. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing, amazing advice. And so one question I have for you is that because you're surrounded by food all day, like what does your Instagram feed look like? Do you follow a bunch of people in food or are you trying to zone out? I follow like no one in food. I follow I don't watch any of the TV food shows. I pretty take I pretty much took myself kind of out, which has honestly been incredible for me a little like controversial in a way for some other people but I've taken myself out of the food world I don't want to be influenced by any content that anybody else is creating I also really like being in my own head in my own zone and inspired by things that really inspire me which is definitely more fashion lifestyle all of those things and I am able to because of the way that my brain works don't ask me why kind of translate that back into recipes. Yeah. So I am just a very visual, visual person. So I follow accounts that visually I love or content that I just, I really, really love. And it's, it's, that's not, none of it is food. I totally get that though. I think that, I mean, it's a very personal choice, but I also think there is something about, you know, my friend Maxie always says like, there's a reason horses race with blinders. It's like, it's important to focus on the vision and like, wait, wait, why do horses race with blinders? So they don't see their competition. So they just focus on the finish line. Like they've. And that is so scary. I know it is really scary and it's probably really problematic for the horses. Like they maybe shouldn't even be racing. But I always thought it was good advice because I was like, yeah, if you're just constantly looking around at like what's coming up behind you. You'll- you know, I think a lot of people probably who listen to this podcast know who Lauren Everett is. And yeah. she always says, like, keep your blinders on. And I 
I don't think that like I was like necessarily taking advice from her. I started, I've listened to their podcast since day one, I feel like, but like, I think that's such incredible advice. Like just keep your blinders on, keep your head down, focus on your, on what you want to do, what you want to create and where you want to go. Like it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing or saying, you know, like, and only follow the people on Instagram that you really want to follow. Yeah. And that inspire you even outside of the realm of what you're doing. Yeah. So what's next for you? What's exciting you right now? Like what's on your plate? Yeah. I mean, the next the next steps for me right now are product and our TV. Two small things. No big deal. Well, <laughs> they're, they're big things, but like they're still in the works. It's just so many conversations, you know, so I think you really have to be willing to stick with it. We're really growing our team. We're growing our website. We are growing our social channels, which are huge things alone because I'm really just growing the brand. Like at the end of the day, what's really cool now is I don't need a TV show and I don't need, I don't, I would love product because I want to be able to offer more to my community, but I don't need it. I'm able to offer so much through my own channels, through my own email list, my website that I don't necessarily, and even my cookbooks, like. I don't necessarily have to have other things. I want other things. Yeah, that's a great place to be it's in a good for place sure. To be in. Okay, so let's end with some rapid fire questions. What's one thing every aspiring content creator should invest in? Oh my gosh. Every, oh man. You know what? I think this isn't even an investment because while well, it is, if you are building a team, investing good people. Mm. Because you know what? Surrounding yourself with good people and people that are smarter than you and can really help you with the things that you don't know how to do. Like, don't be too above yourself to bring on people within your teams or work with people that you feel like actually have more knowledge than you. Because they can really add so much to your business or even just your connections. Make connections with people. Yeah, people is definitely huge. Which creators do you follow for career inspiration? Oh, I'm a big Chriselle Lim, Lauren Everts, Michael Bostick. I think they all have really, really incredible, incredible advice. Mariana Hewitt, I think, is really amazing, too. I think she really has good, good career advice. There's a lot of people out there that have great. Love it. It's like the whole Dear Media crew. I'm, you know, yeah. I love it. So what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Honestly, I truly think that is to keep your blinders on, focus on content you want to create, and don't get discouraged because creating a business is a lot of work. Growing a business is a lot of work. Do not get discouraged. And, you know, don't let the haters bring you down. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Thank you yes. so much, Tegan, for you, being here. Can you thank t- you for having Of course. Can you tell everyone where they can learn more about you and Happy Harvest? You know what? I'm pretty much Happy Harvest across the board. Happy Harvest at Instagram, happyharvest.com, all of the things. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.